Welcome back, everybody. This is Eric here with IRAC Veteran 8888. Today, we've got another gun gripe episode for you. Normally, I have Chad as a co-host, but in this situation, we're bringing in John from the Gun Collective. Hey, guys. You guys know that he is well-known for commenting on various subjects in his news program that he puts on. Excellent channel. You should go over there and check him out. Great guy. So we're going to have him on as a guest today, and we're going to be talking about the topic of fear buying, but not really fear buying as we know it just when it occurs after a tragedy or something like that, but this kind of senseless-based fear buying that usually happens like around election time. I mean, yeah. this is a very important election that's going on right now. I mean, there, there's a lot of folks that think that the Second Amendment could literally hinge upon the outcome of this election. And regardless of how true that may or may not be, it seems like a lot of folks are going out. And of course, they're going out and buying guns at a, you know, an increasing pace. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of those guns tend to be black rifles. So what's your take on, uh, on all that? Well, you know, I, I think this election, you said how important it is. I think this is one of the most important elections in our lifetime. You know, uh, we're in our early 30s and I, I think that this particular one, even more so than the previous two, um, is incredibly important and mm -hmm. uh, it, it'll be very, very interesting to see what shakes out in November. But I think, you know, you mentioned guns being bought. Well, we also have ammunition being bought at an alarming rate. And, it, you know, it doesn't quite seem like it was in, uh, you know, the end of 2012. It doesn't seem that same way. It doesn't feel the same way uh, because we haven't had uh, a tragedy happen. Sure. Uh, you know, some jackass has not made a mistake recently. Sure. Um, that has affected the political climate, but um, you know, it's certainly a really, really interesting time to see what people are going for, where you know what they're buying versus uh, what was being bought years ago. Like back in 2013, early 2013, you couldn't buy 22 ammo. What happened yesterday? You know, we were out uh, in, around here and we grabbed a whole bunch. You know, sure. it does happen. So it's interesting. Yeah, you know, I, I think that it's it's a really interesting demographic when you start looking at, um, you know, not necessarily the types of guns that are being bought, but who's buying them. I, yeah, that's you know, a great point. Yeah, that's when, a great when point. you go around to the various, like, especially big box stores, like if you go to, you know, I, I hate to say this, but like you go to Walmart or if you go to Dick's Sporting Goods or Gander Mountain or any of the big box stores, Academy, uh, all of them are excellent stores. I've, I've um, you know, done business with them on, uh, many of them on a regular basis, and they're good people and, uh, you know, can't necessarily say the same for some of the people that work there on a regular basis. I mean, some of them may not be quite as knowledgeable, but <laughs> if you're looking at, you know, price structure sure. and, and selection, sometimes those places have pretty good selection. So, you know, what's interesting is you go into one of those shops and you're looking around, like sometimes I might go in there and I'm looking around at ammo or, or maybe I need some powder or whatever, or primers, and I'm just looking at something. I very rarely buy guns at a big box sporting goods store. However, What's interesting is to see who is buying guns, and you look, and it's it's some single mom with her three kids with her, and she's looking for a gun to protect herself because she's afraid that she might not be able to own guns if Hillary gets elected. She's worried that these Democrats are going after guns and that they are really hardlining on the gun issue and that gun ownership could be a lot harder under a Clinton presidency. Now, that's certainly a safe assessment, but then also <laughs> yeah. folks that maybe never have thought about owning a gun at all are buying guns. We've got a lot of first-time gun buyers and things like that. So where does that really start to correlate versus the whole fear buying thing? Well, I think that a lot of folks automatically, when they think, okay, well, what gun should I buy? Because of all of the, the press that the media puts forth 
about black rifles and they make a big deal about black rifles and they, they call them assault weapons and they demonize them and give them all of these, you know, improper names, people are automatically are going to go after like the type of guns that are on this table. I mean, we're yeah. seeing a lot of AR sales, AK sales, auto loading shotguns. You're seeing a lot of those going out the door, stuff like a Glock 19. I mean, we laid out various guns here to give you an example of the type of stuff that people are really yeah. snatching up. You know, I, I think it's it's also interesting, um, you know, my, my parents, not big into guns. They, uh, you know, they don't subscribe to the same type of lifestyle that I do. They just don't. You right. know, they, they come from a different era where it was okay to maybe leave your car unlocked overnight, that sort of thing. And, mm -hmm. you know, when they both came to me and said, hey, um, I, think, I think we want to get some guns, I knew things had changed. Sure. That's a very important thing. You know, I think uh, beyond the political climate, I think people are sensing, they're feeling that the culture within the United States is changing. Yeah, you know, yeah. we're, we're, we're fighting a culture war. You know, the, the quote-unquote progressives, a.k.a. give me free stuff, you know, that type of person is kind of overwhelming the people that want to be self-reliant and uh, have uh, their own responsibility for things. And I think... Uh, that the people that are on the more conservative side of things tend to agree that you know maybe I didn't I didn't think I needed a gun or wanted a gun before and maybe now I do and you know speaking on handguns specifically I've talked to plenty of people um, that own shops work at shops whatever and concealed carry handguns are the number one seller right now and it has been for like two or three years yeah people you know? want to defend themselves yeah yeah and 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 i think that's a great thing you know because if that's how they start out in firearms fantastic if that is where they stay cool the more people we have that appreciate and understand the reason we have a second amendment the better off we're going to be in the long run i agree wholeheartedly john and i tell you Another part of that vein, uh, you know, we are going to be making a separate gun gripe, uh, kind of talking about gun culture in the U.S. We're not going to hit on that in this particular video, uh, but one thing we will hit on in this video, because I think it's important and it really shares in the context of this gripe, is the fact that there are probably more first-time female gun owners out there than there ever have been in U.S. history. I oh, mean, by far. By ev far. Yeah. Ladies are wanting to protect themselves. And, and why shouldn't they? I mean, there's a lot of ladies who are head of households. They're the breadwinners of their household. you got a lot of single mothers who are trying to raise kids. They want to defend their household, defend themselves. A lot of women, besides all of that, let's just say uh, mom and dad. You know, uh, dad comes home with a brand new 1911. Mom's going, well, well, dang, I want a gun too. You know, that she sees the security that that firearm provides and that she feels safer in the household knowing that there's guns in the house. And then they go, oh, well, tell you what, I want a gun now. And then it becomes like a family thing. You know, you go to the, go to the shop and you pick out a, a starter rifle for your young son or daughter to shoot. Sure. You know, maybe your wife picks out a, revol or a revolver or a concealed carry handgun to carry with her when she goes to the store and things like that so she can be prepared for anything. And then, of course, dad, you know, maybe he's a hunter. Maybe he owns a lot of guns. Maybe he had the foresight to realize, wow, maybe things politically could cause some change in the gun culture and the change in our ability to own certain guns. Hey, you know, I had a couple of revolvers that were passed down from grandpa. Maybe I should buy a Glock and a few mags and maybe get some training and go to the range and get a little bit of shooting time sure. in to get a little bit more proficient with firearms. And I think that's what we're seeing. Also, training is increasing. A lot of folks are, are, oh, yeah. are seeking out more training. And that's a fantastic point. You know, I, I love seeing more people being active. 
and not mm -hmm. just buying a gun and putting it in a drawer or putting it in the closet or whatever. Sure. I love seeing people that want to get out and defend themselves and train and understand how to employ that thing should they need to. I, I think agree. that's fantastic. And you touched on something that I think is interesting as well is people kind of changing their mindset. They may have been a hunter for a long time. Maybe a guy only had a bolt action for 20 years or whatever it is. And suddenly they go, mm, I think I might might want to get one of those AR-15s. I agree. You know, I, I when I was working in a gun shop, I sold plenty of guys guns like that. You know, I, they they said, what's that all about? Can you explain it to me? And once they hear, you know, how much fun they are and how useful they can be if, if the need should arise, um, I, I think it's it's a good thing, you know, seeing this this shift and and it's interesting that these two concepts of gun culture and panic buying kind of tie together because you, you know they the more the panic buying increases the more people end up getting educated through that yeah and the more people end up becoming gun owners because right. you've got all these folks that are buying guns that maybe never thought about buying a gun especially a gun like this before and then they come home with it and then they tell their buddies about it and their friends are going well well what made you do that well well why you know maybe there's a disconnect there where people don't think well maybe I should own a gun or, sure. or you know maybe they just could never really figure out why they needed it so why does that correlate to fear buying? Why does that come back to fear buying? Because I think that what it comes down to is the way Americans typically are. If you tell an American citizen they can't have something, what do they do? <laughs> they want they it. They want it. All that much more. You know, if, look, here's a really good example. Maybe a good example. Sure, sure. Maybe not a good example. But let's say that there was some law that, that might get passed. We didn't, let's just say we didn't know if it was going to get passed, sure. but that there was a considerable threat that a law could get passed that you could not own a vehicle that traveled over 60 miles per hour. Wow. <laughs> Topped out. Okay, so, so that car can't travel over 60 miles an hour after such and such date. Let's just say, all right, January 1st, 2017, you will no longer be able to buy a car that travels over 60 miles an hour. What would everybody do? Uh, it, you know my, uh, my honest opinion on that? Everybody would modify their cars. And, Everyone and would it, modify their it, cars. It would, what it would do, and, and what it would do in the terms of anything like that, is it create a bunch of criminals. And it'd make all these law-abiding citizens criminals, and then once everybody's a criminal, right. suddenly the, law, the rule of law breaks down, and sure. you've got this big extrapolation. And, you know, well, people want things they cannot have. I agree, but in the vein of the argument... The, the answer would be, well, they're going to go out and buy a car that travels over 60 miles an hour because <laughs> right, they, right, they want yeah. that car. So, yeah. so it's very much like that. If somebody, let's just say somebody drives to work every day and say that they work close to where they live and they don't really have to take a lot of long trips. All right, sure. hypothetically, let's say a person <laughs> doesn't need to travel over 60 miles per hour, okay? They live in the inner city. Maybe they can't even get their car above 45 because they, they work five blocks from their house. But they heard someone say, Man, did you hear that January 1st, 2017, they're going to uh, outlaw cars that go over 60 miles an hour. They'd be like, the sky's falling, and they'd have to go buy a car that goes over 60 miles an hour, even though there's no real reason. I'm getting around to a point I'm making, sure. is that all it takes is for some person to go, oh, well, man, you know, old Hillary, when she gets in office, she's going to take these things, and she's going to do all this, and she's going to do all that. Well, we know... That her, what her track record is on the second minute. Well, I mean, she's come out and said she's coming she's after She's come it. out and said it. Okay, that's fine. It creates an atmosphere of fear. You know, it's, it's no different than what terrorists do when they put out some bulletin that says, oh, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going to do this. 
it's all hearsay and it's all hocus pocus until it actually happens. But what does it do? It puts that thought in your mind. It makes you think about that. It makes you think yeah. about what's going on. So I'm not trying to say we shouldn't be worried about it or anything like that. But all I'm saying is it creates an atmosphere of fear and that fear spreads and people go, oh, well, did you hear old Bob bought an AR the other day? Wow. Sure. I thought he only had yeah, a hunting exactly, rifle. Exactly. You know, wow. For, well, for years, I mean, he, he's got a few big bore hunting rifles, but, you know, I didn't know he owned an AR. Yeah, he did. Well, dang, maybe I should buy an AR too. And that's... It, it, just, it just keeps on going from there and, you know, it spreads and, hey, so-and-so got a rifle. Oh, maybe I should get one. Maybe I should get another one. You know, it, it goes from there. And I think the, the other interesting thing is watching how people end up buying and what they buy and how they get educated through all of this. Sure. You know, all of the ammunition purchases and things like that, because I, I know we, we didn't touch about that uh, as much, but ammo prices tend to get, you know, they tend to roller coaster because of all this panic buying. Availability, you know, shifts around all the time. And I, I think... Watching the gun culture and and people that are not gun people already react to that, it, it's it's just a, a really interesting time for us to be kind of watching things happen. And yeah. you know, I'm guilty of it myself. You know, I, I'll go around and I'll buy up 22 ammo. I'll buy up nine mil ammo. I don't really need to at this point with nine, but um, you know, I I, I get it sucked. You're into worried it too. you may not not be able to get it. Well, here's here's the point. We were talking about this in the car, so. My livelihood is videos with firearms. That's how I make a living, right? So if I don't have ammunition, you know, much like if you don't have fuel for your vehicle, I can't get where I need not to go. Where, yeah, not getting what you need to get so done. So I, I actually, if, if I have concerns that it won't be available, mm -hmm. well, then I need to get a whole bunch. Sure. Yeah, it's just the long and short of it. And I well, think that kind of, a lot of people feel the same way, regardless I think that of whether there, that's There is a living. factor of that, and I believe that the whole panic buying and fear buying does kind of factor into that, uh, you know, particular arena quite well. I mean, when you look at a guy who goes to a, a sporting goods store and there's 30 bricks of 22 on the <laughs> on the wall, and he goes he goes over to the sales associate and says, how many bricks will you sell me? And then they go, well, there's no limit. And then that person buys all 30. Well, then the next person comes in, well, there's no 22 ammo at my store. But what they don't realize is that if they would have been there five minutes before, yeah. there was a whole shelf of 22 ammo. So... You're seeing that with 22, but uh, another thing that I want to hit on too, with all the, the fear and panic buying that's going on, it's not like there's this humongous run right now. I mean, at the time we're right. making this video, I think today's date's October 5th or 6th? It's the 5th. 5th. Today's 5th. the 5th, okay. So today's October 5th, and we're like a month or so and some change before, uh, you know, elections and everything right. like that. Um, and right now, it, it's not that crazy yet. Now, is that to say that... Uh, we're going to see this crazy run on black rifles even more than has already been done after the elections. Maybe the outcome of the elections will drive that. <laughs> and maybe the people that are buying them now are just buying them as a what if. Maybe it's the pre-fear the pre -fear buying buying is what we're looking at now. Sure, I mean, that's, sure the, the, the preface to the panic. But the, the point I'm making there is that there are black rifles on the wall at many gun stores. Uh, we went down to a, a local gun shop here. It's kind of a mom and pop shop. Uh, yesterday and the entire wall full of plenty of black rifles, oh, yeah. all oh, you yeah. could possibly want. Good selection, good prices. Prices weren't silly yet. There's plenty of ammunition. There's plenty of magazines. So I don't really think we're seeing this terrible run on it. I think it's at this point, it's more in people's minds. Like it's really in the back of their mind. They're thinking, okay, 
I don't want to be told I can't have it and I want it. And there's a lot of people kind of, you know, going towards that. Well, you know, we had that massive, absolutely massive panic in early 2013, late 2012. And I think the a lot of people still remember that. Yeah, yeah. So they, they don't have the same reaction. You know, if you get if you get uh, if you do the same thing over and over and over, you'll get used to it, right? Sure. So if we experience panic buying on every, on a four year cycle uh, on election cycle, sure, we're going to get used to it, and it may not happen the same way anymore. Yeah, and and maybe people and and here's another thing to think about too is that maybe back during the whole Sandy Hook scare and all the buying that people were doing on black rifles and things, maybe they got their fill and they bought all the rifles they wanted. And maybe now there's folks that are like, oh, well, I've got mine. You know, I've, I've got one, I've got two, you know what, I don't really need more than that or whatever. And, and they're just not, it's not become an issue yet. But you better believe that if it comes to a point where, let's just say, not to make things overly political, but okay, say Hillary gets elected and with Hillary's track record on gun control, then you might have a recipe for, you know what, even though I don't need another AR, another Glock or whatever, I'm going to buy extras just because I don't want this... You know who to yeah. <laughs> you know make to tell me I can't have it. right. She's a horrible human being. We can certainly agree on that. Yeah. Um, you know, I think part of it maybe, and this is just speculation, of course. Uh, we haven't seen a refreshed national gun control effort from Congress. It's all been state level. You know, Massachusetts, California, even yeah. in Washington and and out west and uh, Jersey and New York, we've seen all that state level stuff, but we sure. haven't we haven't seen a national level gun control effort really get pushed like it was before. And I think it's it's kind of falling into the death by a thousand paper cuts effort. You know, they're they're kind of just subverting that and slowly state by state by state we'll start losing our rights. And I think it's that almost may like have they're waiting. It. It's almost like they're waiting for that one opportune moment. To really like drive the dagger in. Yeah, like and if I, Hillary Clinton gets elected. <laughs> that, that's very possible. Yeah. Very possible. So maybe this video can give you guys a little bit of perspective. I mean, this is our perspective. Sure. We kind of yeah. work within the industry and we see things that go on and we talk to a lot of folks. And I do try to observe things when I'm out and about at gun shops and things. And I try to get data in uh, from the guys up at Moss anytime I'm talking to them. So like if Ray and Ryan are dealing with a certain type of sale that they're doing on a regular basis. I try to get data on that from them so I can get an idea of the kind of sales that they're making. And really right now, the biggest sellers in terms of uh, firearms in general, like we mentioned before, but I'll go over it again, pretty much concealed carry handguns, oh, yeah. Glock 19s are selling really well. Smith & Wesson M&P uh, pistols are selling really well. Yeah. Smith & Wesson had one heck of a year this year. Oh yeah. And uh, everything like that. ARs are selling like crazy. AKs. A uh, lot of suppressors. You know, with this change in suppressor ownership and the, the surge for suppressor ownership that's really kind of hit us like it has. A lot of guys are wanting to get into NFA stuff. A lot of folks are buying auto-loading shotguns. Lots of pistol grip Mossberg shotguns. Oh, yeah. And home defense type shotguns. Home defense articles are being sold in tremendous numbers right now. Tons of Maverick 88s oh, yeah. and entry-level shotguns and things like that. Lots of, um, you know, uh, single-stack pistols that are easily concealable. So you can tell by what's being bought where people's minds are at. Oh, yeah. Okay, so if they're not buying, you know, double-barrel shotguns, <laughs> they're not buying single-shot hunting rifles. They're certainly not. They're buying ARs and defensive guns. They're buying shotguns they can defend their homes with. And I think that speaks volumes for not only where the country could be headed, 
but where people's minds are at. And I think that's very important to, uh, you know, to acknowledge. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's this big combination of uh, the culture war, the media pushing certain things, and, and uh, the United States population going, oh, crap. Things yeah. might be changing. I exactly. might have to defend myself. Exactly. I agree. And then, you know, on the other vein, you also see things that are happening like these riots and all the, the police that are getting shot at on a regular basis and police. And, Ambushed, and, even. And, yeah, exactly. So, and it's not only that, but, but there are some... All of those things all play of those into things this. play into it. Right, yeah. exactly. So it's, it's not just the police. It's not just Black Lives Matter. It's not just the populace versus the police. or right. It's not this stark thing. Because at the end of the day, people are people. And just because some guy has a uniform on, he's still a dude that put that uniform on that morning. And before he put it on, you wouldn't be able to pick him out of a crowd of anybody else. That's so right. people are people, and we all have to act civil in order for a, a society to be civilized. And honestly, I feel that you know consistent firearms ownership, good training, knowledge of firearms, and a, a little, little ounce of courage can go a long way in keeping each other safe, keeping your community safe, and making sure that no matter what bumps might occur in the road in our country, that we can stay on the right path and make sure that we're doing the right thing by each other and looking after each other and looking after our families and our communities. I think that's really what it all comes down to. There's, there's a very famous saying, an armed society is a polite society. I agree. That's 100% true. I agree. Well, John, I appreciate you uh, joining me on this Dude, gun gripe. I appreciate you having me down. Absolutely. It's been a lot of fun hanging with you guys. Absolutely. You know that. <laughs> well, uh, guys, we have many more gun gripes on the way. This is just one of them. Uh, we have, this is probably one of the longest running series that we have on our uh, YouTube channel that we've been doing now for several years. Uh, make sure you check out John here at the Gun Collective. Go over and check him out. There's a link in the uh, description box below. Great guy. He's got a very entertaining news show. You should totally check it out. A uh, very colorful fella. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, thank you for watching. Hopefully you enjoyed this video, maybe gleaned a little bit of information. We'll see you soon. Thanks.